What is going on, Tecmo team? Andy here with the Tecmo Bros coming at you. And do I have a surprise for all of you today? We have a special guest. Hey, guess who's back? Back oh, again. Sam it's is back. Sam, like and share the podcast. Tell a friend. Yeah. We're happy to have OG Tecmo Bro Sam back here with us. We have an exciting show planned for you today. Coming off of a big win by the Packers against my Atlanta Falcons. Gosh, was that hard to watch on my end. But man... Did the Packers make some crazy clean work of those Falcons? Yeah, it's been been pretty good so far. Off to a four and zero start and uh, heading into the bye week feeling good. Uh, I'd I'd argue that they're probably the best team in football right now. Just one of it's, uh, it's, it's up there. There's a few other undefeated teams, but uh, we'll see where the dust settles. Absolutely. Uh, just a quick reminder to everyone to make sure that you take a minute, leave the show. Give us a rating and a review on your favorite platform, and make sure you give us a subscribe to make sure you know when the next episode drops. We appreciate all of the support. That is the best way you can help us. But news and notes real quick. Uh, biggest news over the weekend, Bill O'Brien is no longer the coach of the Texans. Like, he, he took Nor over. the GM. Yeah, he's, he's gone. He just, you know, he gone. He, can you fire yourself if you're the GM also? The <laughs> owner said, uh, uh, remember that trade? <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, the Texans could do if they had like I don't know top five wide receiver. We you know we we always joke about how in fantasy there's always that one trade every year that just kind of makes you face palm a little bit and sends a guy straight to the finals. And uh, well, Bill O'Brien definitely was trying to help out uh, the Cardinals as much as possible. <laughs> and it's crazy because like the Cardinals, I mean, we'll talk about them on the Friday show too, but they've not been as good as I thought. I mean, they came out on fire this year, but they've been tapering off a bit it's kind of strange to watch well everyone everyone around the league has been dealing with injuries in different ways and uh i feel like at full strength the cardinals were were looking strong uh Weathering that storm is a little bit tough though and we've seen kind of the the cream rise a little bit with those who have been able to weather the injury storm with the next man up policy yeah and i mean we're all, a lot of teams are looking to get back on track here but uh speaking of injuries that everyone's dealing with man couple of big injuries that happened uh, week to week on the smaller end. Julio Jones left the game at halftime, did not return. Uh, who knows what his status is right now? It's doubtful he plays week five. So adjust your lineups accordingly. He's going to be on my uh, plan to avoid list. He is still Julio Jones, but he's been off to a very slow start this year. And being that he's got that lingering injury, he's always a risk to to leave a game just as he did on Monday. Uh, we're sorry to all the fantasy owners out there who needed him to have a big game to pull out that W. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because obviously I'm a Falcons fan, and it's it's hard to watch the Falcons be in such a disarray. Uh, but two big running backs had some some injuries this weekend. Nick Chubb, MCL sprained four to six weeks. That means that Kareem Hunt is going to be a fire-up, locked-and-loaded starter every week. If you bet big on Kareem Hunt, hoping that he was going to be a nice one-two punch, maybe a good flex star, well, you are taking him to the bank right now. Yeah, you just inherited a large haymaker in the form of mm -hmm. Kareem Hunt. So, uh, Meanwhile, as well, Austin Eckler, six to eight weeks with a hamstring strain. He's on crutches. He's not having a good way. Hammy's just... I'm convinced that Will Fuller is taking everyone's hammies to make sure his stay healthy this year. He made some sort of uh, black black magic deal. Yeah, because Eckler's going to miss some time. So if you were a, a Josh Kelly manager, uh, you are leaping over the moon right now. Not to mention Justin Jackson's a great waiver wire pickup. Well, that's an interesting thing there. Uh, they were already using Kelly pretty heavily in the running game as it was. Uh, do you feel like Jackson inherits that passing game role, or do you think they're going to try to kind of work more Kelly in there? I think Kelly becomes what Eckler was in terms of reps, and then Joshua Jackson probably becomes what Joshua Kelly was. So I think everyone just gets bumped up one. The Josh show over in uh, the, yes. L.A. Joshua squared. All right. Oh, man. 
Otherwise, uh, something that we swung and missed on real hard here at Tecmo Bros in the offseason was uh, Carson Wentz versus Daniel Jones. We were convinced both of them were either top 10 or fringe top 10 quarterbacks, and uh, it's not even close, even a little bit. So, uh, But Ben did say that uh, Daniel Jones would have a better year than Carson Wentz, and I said Carson Wentz would have a better year than Daniel Jones. So we're still waiting on you guys to give us some bet ideas. Uh, still plenty of time this season, but hey, to be fair, I was on the uh, the Daniel Jones train. Uh, I felt like he was going to be a rock star, and uh, a big part of that was because I felt like he had a lot of offensive weapons around him. Saquon Barkley uh, leaving this year with with an injury kind of hampers that, and uh, I'm glad I wasn't part of that bet. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> uh, Currently, score-wise, Carson Wentz, 68 points, rounding down to the nearest point, and Daniel Jones is at 43, so it's a bit of a margin. Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones, aside from Pittsburgh, has broken 10 points yet uh, in weeks two Thoroughly through four. Thoroughly droppable. Yeah, he, he's uh no, you don't want him. Uh, I do, however, I mean, we'll talk about this in the, in the streamable option. Uh, he does face Dallas this week. That might be a fun little we something to look at. But uh, Sam did mention rock stars, so let's talk about those. Ready, down. You know what time it is. Rockstar versus not star. Who let you down? Who came up big? Man, let's talk about some rock stars. I want to I wanna go ahead right off the bat and uh, mix it up a little bit with Joe Mixon. Man, that guy, uh, what a coming out party. We, we knew he was going to be something. At, towards the end of last year, he was coming on in that terrible Bengals offense. They go ahead, they draft Joe Burrow, and... Uh, what what a what a amazing game uh, for him! Uh, one receiving touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, just a, a, I mean, if you had him on your team, you probably won. Yeah, almost two hundred yards in scrimmage, one hundred fifty-one yards on the ground alone. Twenty-five attempts is what we expected from someone of Joe Mixon's caliber and usage. And if you remember from last week, I did say if you were a Joe Mixon manager, to hold on to him. Better times are yet to come, and here is your better time now. His schedule does not get any better or easier, but you can take comfort in the fact that he had six targets in this game, which is about four more targets than he had all season in weeks one through three. So they're starting to use him in the passing game more, which means that he should be on the field a lot more. Gio Bernard uh, will no longer, hopefully, be vulturing any of your Joe Mixon production. And Burrow's settling in, too, which which bodes well for the offense as a whole. The receivers are coming through. They're, they're managing to find... Uh, Drew Sample, uh, a blocking tight end as, as a receiving threat. It's looking like the team is is figuring it out, and there's a lot of uh, teams around the league who who aren't. So for, for those owners who are worried that, oh, what about those games where they're going to get blown out, I don't think you're going to have to worry too much about that this year. No. And speaking of blowouts, George Kittle just came back with a vengeance. He, dis- he single-handedly just destroyed the Eagles. I'm starting to wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo has like beef with him or something because whenever a backup quarterback is in for the the Niners, George Kittle just feasts. He caught all 15 of 15. his targets. That's so many targets. Uh 183 yards and a score. Like that is just maniacal. I mean, that's George Kittle numbers though. That's kind of what you expect a guy like that to put up and through last year through the start of this year we were kind of worried like is that going to be a thing again? Well, whether it's Mullins or uh, Beat Hard throwing him the ball, I, I think that you can trust in George Kittle again. Yeah, and hopefully this kind of production stays when Jimmy G inevitably comes back. And that's what has me worried. I'm, I'm worried that once Mostert and Coleman and the running game gets back to being healthy and Jimmy G's back under center, I'm really hoping Kittle's production doesn't drop like a rock. But 
this is the kind of production you draft them in the second, third round for. Like, this is why you skip other top running backs or receivers. This is why you draft George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey. This is the production we wanted, and this is where I hope it stays. And to, to lend credence to that, with the emergence of Brandon Ayuk and the return of Debo Samuel, Ayukin. Uh, we may see George Kittle be a little bit more open. Those guys are looking good. I wouldn't necessarily put him in the rock star category just yet, but they're on the up and coming. Yeah, speaking of up and coming, our guy, Green Bay, Bobby Tanyan. Bobby T. Oh, my gosh. Coming out of nowhere. Like, I'm going to tell you just a quick story before we get into the Not Star segment, but I picked up Tanyan to pivot off of Devonta Adams because I'm a Devonta Adams manager, and I didn't play him, which makes me very sad at the end of the day. But what a game. All six targets, 98 yards, and three touchdowns. The hat trick. That is a monster game from a guy who is relatively unknown. Hey, Aaron Rodgers has gone on record in the past saying that he likes certain receivers. They're they're impressing him in practice with their work ethic and everything. And this offseason, uh, even last offseason, he was talking about Bob Tanyan. Uh, he gave him that nickname, actually. That was not something he was known by, uh, Bobby Tanyan. It is Robert Tanyan. It is Robert Tanyan. And uh, it was Aaron Rodgers who coined that. And I think that uh, what, what we've figured out through this is that maybe we should start trusting Aaron Rodgers a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he's struck gold with Lazard, who's tremendously talented. He obviously sees something in Robert Tanyan. And, you know, once they get Adams back, that's a that's a trio of receivers that I don't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. And other receivers, let's talk about some Cowboys receivers. Oh, man, Amari Cooper finally paying off for the draft pick or the amount of money you spent on him in in an auction draft. 12 of 16 targets for 134 and a score. That's the kind of production you drafted Amari Cooper for. Now, I want to throw an asterisk here because the Cowboys did attempt 50 or more passes in that game. Yes, they did. Uh, So that's not always going to happen. But Amari Cooper is by far and large the number one target for Dak Prescott. He looks for him on the field. He kind of stares him down a little bit. Um, <laughs> more on that story later, yeah. but uh, I'll, I'll take 16 targets, 12 catches is already great. 134 yards and a score that that's that's a game winner right there. And arguably, I mean, we, you and I both, along with Ben, were high on Michael Gallup a lot coming into the season. He really came on hard at the end of last year. We thought they had a true number two, but I'm gonna tell you, I think he lost his job to CD Lamb as the number two of that team. CeeDee Lamb, five catches on seven targets, 79, but two scores. They're looking at him in clutch situations. The Cowboys have a plethora of talented receivers, but is Gallup the odd man out? What I'm not seeing a lot out of uh, Dallas this year is effective play action. I'm seeing a lot more five wide, a lot more use of the slot, and that's where CeeDee Lamb is really shining right now, is just kind of winning those one-on-ones. Not to say that Michael Gallup isn't, he's just not where the play is designed to go a lot of times. And uh, with, with the lack of use of Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, Zeke owners out there who were worried about Mike McCarthy, you were right. Rightfully so. <laughs> uh, but, hey, C.D. Lamb, if you drafted him hoping that he would have a great rookie year, that, that all the hype was true, well, it looks like it for sure. Uh, another guy who who people were kind of hoping uh, would would continue their, their success from last year, despite a quarterback change, Allen Robinson had a great game. Yes, he did. Seven catches on 10 targets, 101 yards, and a touchdown. He's looking, uh, obviously he's the number one in Chicago, but at least they're they're able to figure out finding him despite a little bit of an awkward offensive performance. Yeah, I mean, they're they're struggling to get the run game going, and they have a lot of, like, like Nick a lot Foles, of miscues. Yeah, Nick Foles doesn't seem to like 
Sir, I mean, Allen Robinson is Allen Robinson, but you know, Jimmy Graham for some reason is all of a sudden sort of relevant again. Uh, Anthony Miller, who I thought would be, is not anything remote to being relevant. But Allen Robinson's probably the only bear that you can start. But we're going to talk about the Bears a little bit later in our Thursday night preview. But Allen Robinson, what a game! Uh, Dalvin Cook doing Dalvin Cook things. Twenty-seven rushes for one thirty and two. The Vikings needed Dalvin Cook to be Dalvin Cook. They needed that running game to get going in order to have success. They had a tough start to the year, and now we're starting to see again when the running game is cooking that everything starts firing on all cylinders. Cousins is able to hit. Yeah, I hope I was hoping (laughs) that didn't get past you. Uh, uh, Cousins is able to hit uh, his receiving threats, Thielen and um, Jefferson. uh, Jefferson, thank you. Uh, are are coming on pretty big there. I don't know if I'd put them uh, back, all of them back into the Rockstar list just yet, but again, Dalvin Cook showing why he is a, a rock star this week. Absolutely. Finishing off our Rockstar list before we get to the Bo Jackson cheat code this week, a couple quarterbacks had... I mean, if you had to say, just giant which weeks. quarterbacks of all, the, of all the quarterbacks in the league, hey, who are two of the best? I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And Matt Ryan, but not this year. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad weeping inside. I gotta say, for for two guys who you expect to be the goat, they sure performed like the goat. Well, I mean, Robert Tanyan. Just looking at his stat line, you look at Aaron Rodgers, and you go, "Well, Aaron Rodgers had to have a great game if Robert Tanyan caught three touchdowns." You're not so, wrong. Twenty-seven, uh, sorry, twenty-seven completions off thirty-three attempts, three twenty-seven and four touchdowns total. Like scary efficiency out of Aaron Rodgers. Like only throwing the ball thirty-three times, but putting up that stat line. Is just peak Aaron Rodgers. I'm not gonna lie, if uh, if Atlanta was able to muster a little bit more offense, I it think could have been a, had a better more. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Brady very similarly threw the ball 46 times, completing 30, 369, and five touchdowns. That is a, a vintage Tom Brady performance with to at stud least four receivers. different receivers, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, that is correct. And you know the the biggest thing about Tom Brady's performance there was he started to throw the ball downfield again. We're used to the little dink and dunk, throw it to the to the running back in the flat or the tight end in the flat. Uh, Brady was throwing it downfield and letting Evans go up and catch it, and that's what we we haven't seen in a while since the Brady to Moss days. Yeah, I think he's getting more comfortable with Mike Evans. Obviously, the lack of an offseason or an OTAs hurt a lot of teams in terms of getting used to each other. But Tom Brady and Mike Evans are connecting very well, and I think that. As much as it pains me to admit this, because I was a little off on Tom Brady this year, new team, new system, new everything. I think as he gets more comfortable with Mike Evans and when Godwin comes back, we're going to see more weeks like this from Tom Brady. Well, from a guy who bounced back to a few guys who really weren't stars this week, uh, let's go over the list of guys who let us down. Well, beforehand, I want to get your Bo Jackson cheat code. This is a player who had a huge week, just kind of, not that came out of nowhere, but who basically won weeks if you had him on the team? Bo Jackson cheat code. I love Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. He's uh, he is the cheat code in Tech Mobile. He was the cheat code. So um, who's your Bo Jackson cheat code? My Bo Jackson cheat code this week, a uh, guy who just d- couldn't seem to be tackled. That was uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, what a what a crazy out of nowhere performance. It looked like Cleveland was going to be a hard running team. They didn't really need to pass the ball much, or uh, when they did, they weren't really looking OBJ's way all that much. And he decided, you know what, I, I, I don't care. I'm still going to make the best of my opportunities. Uh, and wow. Yeah, five <laughs> catches on eight targets, 81 yards and two scores through the air, mind you. But adding on to that, two rushes for 73 and another score. The the touchdown he had on that rushing play where he decided to backtrack by like 20 yards. Yeah, that scared <laughs> me a little bit. That was impressive. Absolutely. 
impressive as much as I hate to admit it, I was very, very, very down on Dak Prescott this year in terms of just talent. Uh, so I apologize, Ben Wester. Uh, that's your boy, I know. Uh, but Dak Prescott's my Bo Jackson cheat code. The guy's just by necessity. Yes, Sam mentioned he threw the ball almost 60 times. He was 58 attempts, 41 completions, 502 and four touchdowns. There was a pick in there as well. Uh, but out of necessity, he has to put up numbers like this every week to have a chance of winning. So if you have Dak Prescott on your team, that guy is plugged in, loaded every week as your quarterback because there's a chance he throws for over 6,000 yards this they year. They have way too much talent on that offense for him not to succeed, and their defense is so paper thin. Uh, they're going to need to to throw to score. Worrisome for Zeke owners, but if you have Dak Prescott – uh, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. You're putting them in as your cheat code. Absolutely. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about our not stars. Ready, down, put, put, put. This is a list that makes me sad to look at because there's a lot of names on here that I'm very high on. Well, I know that uh, it's it's a close place to your heart. The first thing I wanted to talk about, and I was so eager to get there, was uh, Monday night's game, the Falcons facing the Packers. The Packers' defense last year looked great. This year looks like Tom okay. Capers is back. You know, yeah. <laughs> They're uh, bend not break right now, and uh, unfortunately – if you had Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and or Calvin Ridley, uh, you got to be wondering what the heck happened. Yeah, you had a hard night for sure. I mean, I was a Falcons fan, and I have a couple shares of each. It's hard seeing Calvin Ridley get targeted five times and catch none of them, and it's hard seeing Julio leave at halftime. He's an honorable mention because uh, he did. He was four out of four it targets was an injury situation. for 32. So while you're disappointed, it's, it's an injury. Calvin Ridley was out there the whole game. Five targets, zero catches. This is a Jair Alexander appreciation moment. Like he really put the hurting on Calvin Ridley. And there was one play, uh, probably my highlight play of the game was uh, in the red zone. Uh, Calvin Ridley got targeted, would have came down with a touchdown, and Adrian Amos came out of nowhere and swatted the ball away. They definitely tried to get him the ball. Yeah. Don't don't panic on Calvin Ridley here, but zero for five is tough to stomach especially if you were close to pulling out the win and just needed a little bit out of them yeah let's put it this way uh last year 2019 uh there were two weeks in which mike evans put up zero but there were weeks he put up 40 like sometimes it doesn't happen often to a stud receiver sometimes this just happens do not sell him that's the do great, not drop him great game of fantasy football that we yeah. play right it just <laughs> it happens sometimes uh moving on from the falcons because it just hurts my heart whenever I talk about how bad they are this year. Uh, one guy that we were not high on here on the show, but had every opportunity to be great, Kenyon Drake, 13 attempts for 35 yards, no targets. God's hands. Uh, it's not – what do you do with Kenyon Drake? He's had four underwhelming weeks, and it's just – it does not appear to get any better from here. So that's one of the, the big kind of highlight things from the Cardinals that I kind of wanted to point out was how – if Drake can't get it going, if they can't get a running game going, it's going to significantly hamper their passing game. Uh, not everything could be on Kyler Mur Murray's shoulders. Uh, now, Drake did leave the game briefly. Everyone was worried about a, a potential chest injury. Turns out he got the wind knocked out of him. Yeah, he's back at practice today already. Dude, suck it up. Uh, but hey, you know what? 13 to 35, not a great stat line. He's not looked super fantastic. I wouldn't panic too much about them just yet. They will figure it out. Uh, but... Hey, if you want to stash, stash Chase Edmonds, uh, go ahead. 
Yeah, we'll talk more about him in the waiver segment. I know we talked about Michael Gallup briefly in the Rock Stars, but he's he's unfortunately not there. He's in the Not Stars. Five targets, two catches for 29 yards. I know that you recently got out of your shares of Michael Gallup. Traded him. Is that? Do you feel confident that that was the right move? Uh, I feel like week three was a fluke. Um, yes, they're going to pass the ball a lot, but he is very boomer bust at this point. It, his usage looks very reminiscent of a Deshaun Jackson uh, two catches for 80 yards and hopefully a touchdown type. Uh, and if you're in a PPR league, that's not super beneficial because no. if he doesn't come down with his, his looks, he could see as few as two or three passes in a game. Look at it this way. He, he was targeted five times in a game that they threw nearly 60 passes. That's not a good I don't like share. that. No. And, like, honestly, you know, I know the Eagles are in the same division, but if I were the Eagles, would I not be on the phone trying to get Michael Gallup on my team? I feel like he's an instant wide receiver one on the Eagles. And if the Cowboys aren't going to use him, they got that Cedric Wilson kid. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz is becoming a tight end that you must have on your roster. Like, you can get some nice capital for Michael Gallup. Honestly, if I'm, you know, Gunther Kunst over in uh, Green Bay. I'd I'm love to have him, him in call. Green Bay. Shoot. Heck, uh, the the ghost of Bill O'Brien's past uh, could probably give give him a call and be like, hey, we traded away our top receiver. Like yeah. Can we have one of yours? A bunch of dorks. Can we have, him, have some, one of yours there? Speaking of a bunch of dorks who receivers kind of let you down, Tyler Lockett off of a massive, massive game. Against me. Yeah. That's a oh. – uh, My curse a, continues. Yeah, it's just not. Sam's had a couple of rough years in a row here. Uh, four targets, two catches for 39 yards. It was it was interesting to see him retire after what an amazing game that was. But like Tyler Lockett, just what a, what a weird kind of sort of defensive game for Seattle to have to deal with against the Miami Dolphins of all teams. Not every game this week was uh, a high scoring game. There was a lot of stinkers out there. A lot. Um, after, you know, the first three weeks of just nonstop scoring, amazing fantasy play. I think we're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. Uh, defenses are figuring it out. They didn't get a lot of practice. They didn't get a lot of time. There was no preseason to kind of figure out what's going on, suss it out. And, I think that this stat line from Tyler Lockett, two for four, uh, 39 yards, is a bit more the norm for a lot of receivers going forward. A lot of running backs are going to see better defenses as time goes on, injuries notwithstanding. Right. And a couple of running backs who also had strange, ineffective weeks that we did not expect to see them have. Daryl Henderson came into this week looking like the bell cow of the Rams because Brown was hurt and ineffective, broken broken pinky finger, I believe, on his uh, uh, carry hand. And then Cam Akers just was not in. So all conventional wisdom, the Rams against the Giants, a team that should have been able to do whatever they wanted against the Giants, that was one of the stinkers of the week. Eight rushes for 22 yards and only one target for 16 yards. You know, I know I plugged him in a couple lineups that I have, and I was shocked to see the ineffectiveness of the Rams against the Giants of all teams. And I, I point at you know Daryl Henderson's situation and Kenyon Drake's situation. And I say here's two teams, uh, opposite outcomes, obviously, but both teams struggled because neither team could get their running game working. Uh, the main difference here is that Daryl Henderson's situation, he was sharing a lot of time with Malcolm Brown. Brown being uh, heavily used in the receiving game, almost as if Henderson got benched for a couple of series for for not blocking well. Uh, and if that's the case, that's the case. M- you know, maybe they can figure that out this week in practice. But it- it's 
weird to see a guy come off of two weeks in a row of nearly 20 carries, uh, putting up you know close to 20 points both weeks, and then this. Yeah, it's it's been a weird run game situation, and that brings me to our next two. Josh Jacobs, 15 attempts for 48 yards, catching three of four targets for only 25 yards. After his you know coming out party week one where he just ran over everyone, you know weeks two through four have been quite a letdown for a guy that went in the first round or like early second round so uh have we mentioned miles sanders name yet i we haven't but he's next he's next. 13 for 46 and catching two of four targets for 30 uh, almost identical stat line between the two and that's i kind of wanted to share that because i think both guys had a very similar situation i remember you texting me like did miles sanders die what happened yeah uh because we were seeing a lot of Corey clement and a lot of boston scott uh in the the raiders game we saw a lot of their uh backups who's yeah, a lot of jalen names Richard. i don't care uh specifically around the passing game it looks like the the coaches were trying to mix it up a little bit and say hey you don't know who we're going to start. You don't know who's getting the ball in the situation. We've seen a lot of success from teams who like to pull the razzle-dazzle stuff uh, between Kansas City. Heck, Green Bay right now is so thin on receivers. They've been running three running backs in a lot of sets yeah. uh, and, and doing a lot of motion. I think teams are trying to emulate that a little bit, and it really hurt your bell cow backs. Jacobs and Sanders had pretty terrible games not because they had bad matchups necessarily but because their usage was sparingly at best i also die a little bit inside whenever i see carson wentz completely miss him in the flat by throwing it at his feet <sighs> it's like he's standing there wide open or he can't be hit in stride like carson wentz is just missing as as a backup eagles fan uh a backup I, eagles fan. <laughs> the, the packers are come first yes 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 <laughs> but uh i am to the eagles what you are to the falcons uh, I hear you, Philly. You've been calling, you've been saying it hurts. We want hurts. We want, we want hurts. <laughs> uh, and I don't know that he's necessarily going to be the answer because the the offensive line is just offensive. Um, yeah. It's just, the it looks bad. Sanders is is struggling from no holes, uh, having to kind of make things happen. But between Jacobs and Sanders, those are two guys who we expect that from the, the ability to make the first guy miss, get back to positive yardage. Yeah. Uh, the quarterback play has to be there though. And this week, Wentz and Carr were terrible. Yeah. Unbelievably terrible. The Eagles were lucky to walk Mental out that mistakes. Game. The Eagles were were very fortunate. I think it just came down to the Eagles were playing a, a more banged up team well, somehow. That pick six sealed it, and mm -hmm. that wasn't even Carson Wentz doing fantastic. That was the defense bailing him out. Had had Beathard actually came into the game earlier, I think that the Niners might have actually. Come I away think with so. It. Beathard looked on a mission, like he looked good for a third string. I mean, not that I I'm advocating going to pick him up. Let's be very real here, but. He just, if they he, have to go to somebody, yeah, he looked good. I mean, if you're going to get beat, get beat hard, you know? <laughs> I love it. Uh, not so much a not star, uh, but just an underwhelming game from a, you know from the, the tails to the heads of uh, George Kittle. Travis Kelsey, three catches on six targets for 70 yards. I know in a PPR format, that's still nine, or still 10 points, pardon me. Uh, but you, when you draft Travis Kelsey, you expect more than 10 points. Yeah, he's, he's expected to be a, a lead receiver on that team. The ball got spread around quite a bit, and because of that, really kind of nobody put up crazy, amazing numbers, save for, I think, Tyreek Hill found Pater. Yeah, well, that was a weirdly defensive game, too, for 
mm-hmm. like New England versus Kansas City. But again, what it's kind of a weird week in terms of what we expected from production. Uh, but this is a new little thing I want to put in here. I want to ask Sam directly, you know, multiple leagues that we're in. This week specifically, not stars, who let you down the most? I got I to gotta put it on uh, Tyler Higby. Yeah, and I, I have a couple shares of Higby as well. And, you know, you, you saw week one. Okay, week two, he exploded. You're like, week three, week four, it's going to be he somewhere in between. He had a great matchup uh, facing off against the, the, the New York football giants. Uh, he had an opportunity to really shine, and he just disappeared. Yeah, and the entire Rams team disappeared, out, besides Cooper Cup with that lucky like fourth-quarter touchdown. But It was, it was uh, a great play by Cup, but again, one of those kind of you know broken coverage situations. Yeah. They kind of gave him that one. Uh, mine is Brand Cooks. And I know that he's not been something to, like, really write home about this year. He, he's he been good for, like, what, five to eight points? I think that Cooks is honestly a, a like, who let you down all season so far. Yeah. Because he was brought in to be the replacement for DeAndre Hopkins in a way. Obviously not right. 100%. But uh, he was expected to be a number one receiver, and he's been a zero receiver. Yeah, and speaking of this week, he was, he was a zero receiver. He scored zero points. Zero catches on three targets. And uh, as a Devontae Adams manager, I had to make that call of, like, do I think he's going to play on Monday or do I put somebody in to play instead? And between Brandon Cooks and Robert Tanyan, I'm like, well, they got to have about the same week, right? Yeah. So far this season, <laughs> I've seen you three separate times pick up somebody off a of free agency and just leave them on your bench and watch as they actually outscore the starter they were supposed to replace. I swear, in the next coming weeks, you're going to pick somebody up and start them because, hey, if I picked them up, why not start them? And that should be be your theory when it comes to waivers, and we're going to get right into that right now. If your philosophy on waivers is not, if you pick them up, you start them, then there might be a problem with how you approach waivers. So stashing is fine. Stashing is fine. Uh, like if you, One guy we're going to talk about is Chase Edmonds. You can stash him. You're probably not playing him immediately because there is still Kenyon Drake. He's a future thing. But if you're picking, like, I picked up Robert Tanyan to pivot off of Devontae Adams, I made the wrong decision, clearly. But when you pick people up in waivers, the goal is to play them. But I do have one thing that I have to discuss before we talk about oh. all of the waivers. Oh, do tell. So in... A league that we're in, uh, Sam and I are in this league. It's called Studs. It's arguably uh, probably the most important league that we're both in, just because there's, it's an in-person draft. There's a lot of bragging rights involved. It's been going on for a very long time. Yeah, and I'm I'm new to the Studs roster. Uh, this is my second year, but uh, the commissioner of the of of the league uh, knows about the show, and we appreciate you know him listening. But this week we made a bet. The bet was, if he beats my team, I have to read a 30-second blurb. Oh, a little spot. Written by him. Plug. A little plug for for him. I got to read it. Uh, If I would have won, he would have had to plug the show on his socials and on the message board for the league. So, I did not win. Let's let's just, you know, call it what it is. Spoiler (laughs) alert. It's, uh, you know, just know. I had Julio and Matt Ryan and Miles Sanders. And a few excuses. And those are those are my excuses. <laughs> so I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna just warm my voice up here. 
And uh, this, this is a message from our studs commissioner. Studs commissioner. He is three and one this year. Well, hang on. Let me, let me. He's been very specific that it has to be thirty seconds. So we're let gonna, me get. Let me get. Ti- we're gonna time off the. 30 let me seconds. get a timer just so we're I know. Time off the thirty seconds. So I know where I'm at. All right. And in three. Studs commissioner. He is three and one this year. Nick Cassens, with a lopsided victory, forty-seven points, mind you, over Tecmo Bro Andy. That's me. He tells everyone to play your studs. Don't get married to your draft, and most importantly. Losing streaks bring out the waiver wire beer goggles. Everyone on the waivers that scored big points this week looks super hot. Like the girl who walks into the bar and is way too hot to be from around here. If you're on a losing streak this season, go ahead and go pick her up. You might regret it, but what the hell? You're in a slump anyways. Maybe picking her up is just what you need to get a winning streak going. Plenty of potential out there. Your bench players aren't in your starting lineup for a reason. The waiver wire beer goggles aren't wrong. Pick them up. Now, Nick... I want you to know I gave you 47 seconds. That's a lot of time. You're welcome. Yeah. And thank you for crushing me this week Ugh. and my hopes and dreams. Ugh. But let's talk about some waivers because waiver wire beer goggles are real. So we want to talk about stuff. We mentioned Chase Edmonds. Our waiver wire segments always players who are rostered in 40% or less of your leagues via ESPN. Chase Edmonds is 34% rostered. With the struggles that Drake is having and the potential injury that might come with it, he's a great person to pick up and keep on your bench. More so than that, I think that he has an opportunity to emerge as the preferred passing game running back. Uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Air Raid offense uh, likes to throw the ball quite a bit. They have the skills to do so. Uh, Captain Kirk came back this week and scored a touchdown. If they're going to keep that offense flourishing, they need to be able to do kind of what the NFL is leaning towards, and that's that razzle-dazzle. You don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to run the ball? Is he going to catch the ball? Is he just blocking? And Chase Evans, I think, fills all three of those roles a little better than Kenyon Drake. I would agree with you. And I think that if you don't have him, he's definitely worth a look and worth a stash, especially if you have a space that you're not using. Let's and, you know, another guy I think that uh, should be picked up, I mean, if you're not scoring enough points and you need Mo, get Mo Alley Cox. I We mentioned him last week, guys, and he's still only 31% rostered in ESPN League. Come on. Get on it. Come like, on. The dude is a monster. He's a big fella, and he's athletic. You talked about before the season started that you really felt that Jackie Doyle was going to have a monster year this year yep. with uh, Philip Rivers thrown on the ball. Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. Well, we were right about the team, right about the quarterback, wrong about the player. Wrong about the player. Uh, Mo Ali Cox is emerging as one of his favorite targets. Just a quick tangent. I had three tight ends that I was very, very high on this year. I had Jack Doyle, uh-huh. Jay Sternberger. Yep. And a name escapes me. No, uh, Blake Jarwin. Sorry. Blake Jarwin, yeah. And Dalton Schultz, right Mo Alley-Cox, and Robert Tanyan are monsters this year. Yep. Can we just point out the fact that I knew the opportunity was there, but I got the name wrong? Well, in the, the Blake Jarwin situation, he got injured. I think he would have been right there. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's had his injury history. You may have been right there as well. And honestly, he's still getting the ball thrown to him. But the Tanyan, Jay Sternberger, I'll admit that I was just wrong. Well, that's a that's tough to say because we, you never know who Aaron Rodgers is going to fall in love with. Uh, Did you see those eyes that he had last night? Oh, he loves Bobby Tanya. He, oh, 
that's got the man crush they're, going. They're going to be enjoying this bye week together for like sure. They were they were walking, you know, arm over each other's shoulders, just mm-hmm. like having a good time. Other tight end that I want to talk about: Logan Thomas out of Washington, twenty six percent rostered. Uh, quietly put together three weeks of six or more targets per week. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is not long for the starting role, and if it's either Alex Smith or if it is Kyle Allen. I think that Logan Thomas is a good thing to have, especially if you're in a tight end required league. Uh, he's got a great target share, and Washington is typically down, so they have to throw. I remember you, you saying that you expected a tight end in Washington on the football team to emerge. You just did, were not high on Sprinkle. I was not high on Sprinkle. Uh, I, was, I was hoping that uh, Austin Hooper would end up in Washington because I thought he'd be a great fit. But well, Logan Thomas looks like he's... Uh, soon potentially uh, emerging i think that thomas is a good stash pick stat he's not a play no. uh he may emerge but it may be with the next quarterback to come i mean terry there. mclaurin still has like a 35 percent target share so speaking of other guys to stash um we were talking about justin jackson a little bit earlier on the uh, chargers of la yep. uh i feel like you kind of maybe want to see what you're going to get out of out of him first, but he's definitely worth rostering, especially if you've got an open bench spot from an injury. Absolutely. You know, Eckler's going to vacate 20-plus touches a game, and they're not all going to go to Joshua Kelly. So Justin Jackson is a great option to have. Uh, along with Damian Harris, we'll jump to another running back. That's going to be – he's 23% rostered. He's the New England guy. He had a big game against the Chiefs. The only downside is Sam knows this rule. Bill Belichick. You never trust a Patriot backfield. Mm-hmm. Like James White's the only guy you can probably play with any type of confidence. But you know Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, like Sony Michelle might come back. I think with Damian Harris is very similar to Daryl Henderson. Uh, generally, cream rises to the top, and the better player should, in theory, feast more, even with less touches. Uh, in the, the Rams organization, they planned on using all three running backs. It was said a few times before the season, they just haven't had a chance to get all three of them on the field. Same situation, I think, with Damian Harris. I think that Harris is going to get worked in. Obviously, James White's not going anywhere. Um, that he shouldn't. Uh, Rex Burkhead's looking like he's putting together an outstanding year. I can see those guys definitely getting work. He may be matchup dependent, but a worthy stash if you're looking for a, an emergency flex. Absolutely. And we like to go super deep with at least one pick here on Tecmo Bros for the waiver wire. Uh, Darnell Mooney from the Bears. He's Ooh. a wide receiver. Oh. 1% rostered. He had nine targets. Second only. I'm sorry. Uh, he was right behind Allen Robinson. But for some reason, if Foles is going to be the guy and you're an Anthony Miller manager, like you might have to look at Mooney like this is probably the new number two, especially for Nick Foles. Miller Nick has disappointed quite a bit, yeah. whether it was Trubisky or Foles. A lot of people are kind of saying, is is Miller going the way of Kevin White? Kevin White? Yes, uh, it is Kevin White. From, from back in the day, is the number two just not performing like the number two? Uh this is one of those, you know, who in Jacksonville is going to be the the emerging yeah. star situation. Uh, but, hey, you know what? If you've got an open roster spot, you want to uh, be the biggest brain in your league, um, the waiver wire wizard, Darnell Mooney. And this is why I have to look at stuff. So not to compare the Bears to Aaron Rodgers because that is sacrilege, but this is, <laughs> just, this is just the example. Aaron Rodgers has guys he just likes, be it, you know, when Jake Kumro was with us, Alan Lazard became something out of nowhere, whereas – Technically, on the depth chart, you now last year it was Devonte Adams, 
you know, MBS, uh, St. Brown. But then all of a sudden Lazard comes out of here. If the quarterback just likes that receiver more and they have a rhythm together, Anthony Miller just might not be the guy anymore because he was for Trubisky. But what about Nick Foles? Nick Foles seems to like Mooney better. And, you know, we were talking, uh, cream rises to the top. Maybe Mooney just wants it more. I, I did mention Jacksonville. Foles came out of Jacksonville not very long there. But, uh, you know, he, he made some stars out of guys who nobody thought would be stars for the brief minute that he was there. Yeah. Uh, Foles likes to find a receiver and make him a stud. I would not be surprised if Mooney emerges. Yeah. And uh, same with the waivers. We we both are picking up a uh, fighting Jack Trudeau QB stream of the week. If your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford and they're on bye this week, someone you can obviously pick up and use. Otherwise, if you're a Matt Ryan manager and you have to deal with the loss of Julio Jones and you're not sure he's going to be as productive, you're looking to pick somebody up to fill that void left in your heart by the fact that your team sucks. Sam? Who is your Fighting Jack Trudeau QB stream of the week? You know, uh, I like this guy. He's, uh share, shares a name with one of my uh, favorite fighting presidents, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I feel like uh, the guy has turned a team that was a consensus bottom three team this year into not necessarily a playoff contender, but a team who's going to upset a lot of those playoff contender feisty. teams. Uh, Carolina, without their best player, without Christian McCaffrey, has been... 2-0. 2-0. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with, with Teddy Bridgewater. Their receivers are being slept on all over the place, mm-hmm. and Teddy Bridgewater is looking like the guy before the injury, and good for him. Honestly, I, w- I was devastated when he had that, that knee injury, uh, and he has bounced back in a heck of a way. And, hey, he gets to play Atlanta this week, so you know what? Have fun, dude. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta put my, I gotta take my Falcons hat off here. Uh, right now, your QB stream of the week is gonna be whoever faces Atlanta if, if they're available. Yep. It's, it's just one of those things, and vice versa. You know, I'm taking a guy who's got a lot of potential. Uh, Justin Herbert versus New Orleans. I know New Orleans has a, a scary front four, uh, but their secondary has been not so good, and Herbert's making stuff happen. So if you need to take a shot, I like it. Uh, not a bad idea to do so. Herbert's in a situation where he's he's fighting to retain the starting job, and I, everyone's talking about it. He kind of has to. Uh, but it, a lot of that comes on the back of his play. He has turned the, the Chargers into a team that was kind of in rebuild mode to a team that's, well, not too far away from competing. Yeah, and, and I mentioned this earlier in the show when we talked about Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm not advocating that you should play him. However, if you're in like a 2QB or a super flex situation, Daniel Jones versus Dallas might not be a bad dart to throw and see if he can He's hit He's got to have a good week at some point. And Dallas has been hemorrhaging points with their terrible defense. Terrible. So if this, if this, if you have Daniel Jones and you've been, been very frustrated with him, this is potentially the week where he at least becomes somewhat useful. Look at it this way. If you start Daniel Jones this week, and whether you're starting role, uh, flex, super flex spot, whatever the situation is, uh, it, you may be able to walk away saying, hey, I started Daniel Jones in the game that he got the defensive coordinator for Dallas fired. Right. And so those are our QB streams. If you Again, if your quarterback's on by, uh, grab them. If you have a bad quarterback situation, matchup, grab them. Uh, we think you can do well to patch your team with those for a week. But let's finish up here and talk about the Thursday night preview. The 3-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Chicago to face the 3-1 Chicago Bears. 
Weather's in mid-60s with a 10% chance of rain. Should be a nice evening in Chicago. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are six-point road favorites. That hurts if you're Chicago. Gotta love uh, Tampa Brady. But a uh, couple injuries to talk about on Tampa's end. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Leonard Fournette. Uh, That's a lot of big names right there. O.J. Howard's done for the year. Achilles, I believe. Uh, so he's just gone, which probably ups Gronk's status a bit, which is hard to really pinpoint. Honestly, uh, I I like Gronk getting used more. I think they may try to just pivot off to Cameron Braid. I agree. Braid had a touchdown last week. He did. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans questionable with what looks like a lower leg injury from the stereotypical game last week. of Mike Evans. Yeah. And Chris Godwin has been upgraded from doubtful to questionable with a hamstring. Still, reports say that he is most likely not going to play in Week Five. Wasn't he out this week due to being in the concussion protocol? Uh, as a hamstring this week. Hamstring this concussion. Week? He almost missed Week Three, I believe. Gotcha. Uh, he's been uh, he's been having a hard year too. Yes. Leonard Fournette is still questionable with the ankle injury. Uh, if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say he's probably going to not make Thursday uh, to give him just one more week to get that figured out. So Probably not. With all that being said, I believe Evans plays. I believe Fournette sits. Godwin sits most likely. So your notable players are Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, Gronkowski, and Mike Evans. I think against Chicago, you can play them all. This is a game where Chicago needs to prove that they belong at three and one, or or as their fans were hoping uh, to go four and zero, oh. uh, I've seen a lot of things floating around Twitter, uh, floating around the internet of like uh, one of these teams doesn't belong. Yeah. And uh, last week, you know, the Bears being three and zero, oh, a lot of a lot of people are going they they that yeah, this is not where they they deserve to be. Uh, I think this one's going to be heavily on the uh, Tampa Bay defense. Can they can they stop Foles? Can can they stop that team? Um, Brady's in a tough spot because he's got to, again, make some lesser-known receivers look good, potentially. But he's done that all his life. He's done that all his life. I he's think that the it. ball is in his court, as it always is. Uh, Chicago and their complete lack of a running game is going to pr- stand a chance of getting exposed this week. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be probably playing from behind. Uh, Tampa Bay is one of the, the scoringest teams in the first quarter of, uh, in the NFL right now. And I think they're going to continue that trend. Yeah. And just to be clear on what the four net situation, if he does somehow suit up, uh, that's going to make anyone who starts Ronald Jones a bit more hesitant. Uh, if he does not play, though, you smash Ronald Jones and you play him. You'd have to imagine he's going to be on some sort of a, a snap count or, yeah. or they're going to be keeping an eye on him. They'll, pr- they'll want to use him to tire out the uh, Chicago defensive front uh, with, you know, hurry up offense and not letting him substitute. But I don't know how much Fournette's going to be able to actively do that at coming off of injury. Yeah, and you know, key, say what you want about Keyshawn Vaughn. He had that nice touchdown last week. Uh, I don't see him digging into Ronald Jones or no. Leonard Fournette's reps. No. That was just a, you know, they were next man up. Yeah, kind of thing. Uh, on the Chicago side of the ball, Tariq Cohen still out for the season. Uh, unfortunate. That was just a, a not fun situation to watch. Uh, that leaves your notables to be Nick Foles, David Montgomery, Jimmy Grandpa, Allen Robinson, and. We got Anthony Miller on here. We did talk about Darnell Mooney. I don't think you start anybody besides maybe Allen Robinson or Jimmy Graham. Like you agreed. You almost you almost have to start David Montgomery if you have him because if you have David Montgomery, he's probably either like your late round RB one or he's an RB two. If you have a better running back and you can afford to pivot off to a different pass catcher, I would because Tampa's run defense is pretty good. You have to wonder when is the volume going to pay off. You know, he's the only guy back there worth worth rostering. 
when is he finally going to have that game? Maybe he gets a couple of short yardage touchdowns in this one. Uh, is, you know, the, again, the defense for Chicago is what carries that team, and they should be able to make some short fields, ideally, uh, for Montgomery to to capitalize on. But it just hasn't really been happening. Yeah, and and you got to wonder how much of that is just them knowing that just telegraphing run plays versus pass plays. Like Nick Foles ha- didn't look great last week after coming in and torching Atlanta. But what we know about Atlanta now is that anybody can torch them whenever they want. So, like, was that bit of Foles really Foles being fantastic or just Atlanta being bad? So you have to kind of just look at that, you know, with, with waiver wire glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Graham, and if you're in a tight end situation, would you feel comfortable starting Jimmy Graham this week? Did you actually just ask me that question? I did, and, and, and I felt like it was a good question because I know Jimmy Graham, for Packer fans specifically, uh, we are not Jimmy I Graham fans. Jimmy Graham. <laughs> not as a person. I, I don't know him as just a person. Just as a football player. As a football player, the guy angers me. Bobby Tanyan has th- had three touchdowns this last game. Uh, I believe the statistic was all of the last two years, Jimmy Graham had five. Yeah, but Tanyan's got five this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what in three or in uh yeah in three games four games? I mean, I've seen tight ends come to Green Bay out of free agency and kind of just dog it a little bit. Uh, not going to name any any Marty Bennett names, but uh, I will say that you know if you're if you're forced to obviously Jimmy Graham is a is a red zone target. They've been using him that way. He's been coming down with the ball. It pains me to say this, but yes, he is startable in a pinch. Um, so let me just ask this question to you because he is, he is over forty percent owned. He, I think he's like fifty five or sixty percent. Right. Would you rather start Mo Ali Cox or Jimmy Graham? Mo Ali Cox. Would you rather start Logan Thomas or Jimmy Graham? My 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 heart says Logan Thomas, but my gut says Jimmy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, again, David Montgomery, you almost have to start just strictly based on a volume standpoint. Uh, but pass catcher wise, like again, like Sam said here, in a pinch, Jimmy Graham's okay. He's a red zone target and uh, apparently a decent one at that. So, but Allen Robinson's the only guy that I feel absolutely confident in playing. He's, uh, he's on the Chicago. lock of that team. Yeah. So, uh, with all that being said, I am picking Tampa to win because I just don't see it with Chicago this year. And uh, I gotta agree. I gotta go Tampa by seven. By set, oh, he's picking even a number. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tampa by ten. Okay, just I think that it's just it's gonna be a little farther out than we expect, but I appreciate you tossing the score in. That. That's a fun little thing we should start doing. But what a fantastic show! We want to thank you all for joining us. That'll do it for us today here at Tecmo HQ. Do not forget to like us on Twitter at Tecmo Bros. Like us on Facebook and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. And after you do, be sure to leave us. A five-star review. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. It was fun as always. We don't always get to get out as much, but it's, it's always good to talk some football. Heck yeah. And again, that'll do it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you guys on Friday.